Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like... I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of SPT Overtime. Today, we're super excited to be previewing the reincarnation of the USFL, which kicks off this upcoming weekend. Uh, we'll also be talking about the reboot of the XFL for next season as they're looking to get back right on track from uh, where they left off prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Dan Groen, and I'll be the host of the show today. And joining me, as always, is Pat Weber. What's going on, everyone? So football is back already. Uh, we get to see yet another league kind of take a crack at uh, spring football. How do we feel about this league uh, coming back in an already kind of crowded sports season with the MLB starting up, the NHL and NBA playoffs kind of coming up soon. Uh, how do we feel about all this? I feel pretty strong. I mean, even though the USFL failed way back in the 80s, that's a whole different situation with their money and everything and trying to become the new NFL in that time period. I think that if the USFL wants to stay around, they stayed in the spring because that's something that we've, barely had and everybody loves football right I think the past 20 and 30 years I mean it's been football it's football's been America's sport the past you know at least I guess for the past 20 30 years I'm excited because that means we get football all year round yeah only a couple months break and I am super excited even that like couple month break that's free that's like the uh free agency and trading like, right I'm, I'm all for this I'm super excited that they're coming back oh yeah definitely me too um and like you said, I think that spring is definitely the time for this to happen. I'm glad that they kind of held off until uh, after March Madness ended because I believe the XFL, they started sooner. I think they started almost immediately right after the uh, Super Bowl. They would, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, them and the AAF, when the AAF was around, they right. would start basically right after, like I think maybe a two-week time period. Yeah. Just so that way they would have football like, oh, like it looks like it's going to be all the time. That's why they failed, because you can't interfere with the biggest college tournament in America. You're also interfering with spring training. A lot of people watch spring training. And quite honest, I mean, the AAF didn't do a great job of promoting right. their league. The XFL right. did better, but I think, you know, with COVID and everything, the XFL kind of tanked a little bit because of that. Like, and they yeah. were going under the year before right. until The Rock bought them, but I think that's what helped push them over the edge. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think that they definitely would have been the more successful yeah. of the two. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, you're getting kind of around with the USFL, kind of around draft time, uh, right when the NFL draft happens is kind of when USFL is kicking off. And then from there, there's kind of not much going on in the NFL. I mean, like I said, you're kind of competing with the NBA and NHL playoffs. But if you're not into any of those, if you are just a football fan, which I know people who you know, they're football first, and I think that this will definitely be successful in that right because uh, they're they're on some pretty big networks too. Um, let's talk about the, the structure of the USFL season. All games will be played uh, in a bubble in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, despite 
all these cities kind of getting teams are not going to be playing in those cities. Um, we got a 10-week regular season. Uh, playoffs will be held right here in Northeast Ohio at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, which I am super excited for. Uh, the semifinals will be held on Saturday, June 25th at 3 o'clock and 8 o'clock. And the championship game will be on Sunday, July 3rd. I think that's awesome. Sunday, July 3rd, we're going to be going down there. We're going to be celebrating, watching our favorite teams, whoever it is. And then the day after, it's 4th of July. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's great. It's 4th of July, baseball day. But guess what? July 3rd now, football day. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so also with that, there's a couple interesting new rules um, in the USFL that are different from the NFL uh, the first one, this is kind of what happened with the XFL. It's just a little bit changed up. You can do a um, one-point PAT pretty much, or you can do a two-point conversion at the two-yard line, or you could try a three-point conversion from the 10-yard line. How do we feel about that? I like it. I think adding in the three-point conversion is like something new, something that not many people have thought of. Yeah. And because you could be down three after you score a touchdown still. And this gives the opportunity of tying the game right then and there instead of scoring, needing to get an onside kick, and then, like, losing by one. Right. I like it. I think that the USFL should start – I think the NFL should honestly start looking at the USFL for, like, a testing ground for new rules Yeah. like this. Because this is something that I think is going to add a new level of excitement to this game because coaches are going to choose to be more bold now. That that three points is like it's an option, so they're going to be more bold in how they want to play. Yeah, and I think it's going to be very exciting. Right, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, the NFL has definitely benefited from having some of these startup leagues, not just as of late, but like over the years, over the decades. Even the original USFL brought a couple things into the NFL. Uh, the original XFL, they were the ones who first had the over the field. Uh, I wouldn't call it a sky cam, but like overhead kind of, yeah. kind of that Madden look. Yeah. The, the NFL that everyone never, loves. So. Right. Yeah. The NFL did not have that until then. They brought in, I forget if it was the AAF or the XFL's reincarnation, uh, but they had that sky judge, which I think the NFL. I think that was the AAF. Yeah. I want to say it was because I remember watching a Birmingham Iron game. Shout out Birmingham Iron, by the way. Yeah. I missed that team. That was my, that was my squad. I saw, you know, I saw someone up here around here, um, I want to say it was at some Raising Canes. They were wearing some Birmingham iron Respect uh, jacket. That. I, that, that, was, that was my team in the AAF. It's unfortunate, dude. Like, like I said, I like these spring leagues of football. It's exciting. It's just that it's so hard to compete with the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that's like that's what happened with the original USFL. Right. Granted, they, they tried, tried to move to the fall, which yeah. is not smart. But like like you said, like they added in new, new things. Like, dude, without the, the original Tampa Bay Bandits, mm-hmm. the NFL would not be fun. I mean, and think of all the big names that came out of the USFL at the time. I mean, Herschel Walker. That, yeah, that's the main one is Herschel Walker. I mean, uh, Brian, on. Brian Sipe, I believe sure Steve Young was in there. Yeah, too, for so. a little bit. Yeah. So because so. I mean, this opened like the whole path of that. You don't have to go all four years of college. Right. To play at the pro level. I mean, Herschel Walker signed after one year. Yeah. And he lit up the league and it was insane to watch. And I'm excited because I'm feeling this will be the same way as well is that people are going to start looking at the USFL as a like a develop like a developmental process kind of like the G League in a way. Right. And I'm excited for that cuz you're going to see some of these players that's like, okay, they're yeah. bigger names, they might not get drafted very yeah. highly overall, but in the USFL, they're going to be a hit off the bat. 
Yeah, I'd almost compare it more to minor league baseball where the NFL can benefit from some of these rule changes that they can experiment. Yeah. Um, kind of like another one is an onside kick alternative. Uh, instead of doing the all, the onside kick, which is hardly ever successful in the NFL, uh, you can go for fourth and 12 on the 33-yard line. That's another way that you can uh, kind of get that onside kick. Um, and another one I think that the NFL could really benefit from would be their overtime rule, which would be a best-of-three shootout at the two-yard line. From what I understand, you get one play at the two-yard line uh, to score a touchdown, and kind of like a shootout in hockey, you get three chances to do that, and if it keeps on going, then it's sudden death. So See, I like that a lot. Yeah. The NFL should do that, and especially in the regular season. So like, I like that the NFL added in that postseason overtime, but they should apply that to all exactly. season long because nobody likes tying. Exactly. It's pointless. Why Why would you change up the rules for playoffs when... Exactly. It's, yeah. it's like just apply that or do this. Like take the overtime rule for the uh, playoffs, put that in the regular season, and then take this and apply it for the postseason. That's right. what I would do if I was the NFL. Yeah. I One thing that I thought the NFL should have done that I'd like to see one of these leagues do, and the USFL kind of did that, but I always, I always wanted it to be where... Each team in overtime gets a possession on the 10-yard line, and they have four downs to get a touchdown and then score however they want, either a PAT or a two-point conversion, whatever, and each team gets at least one shot to do that. And then okay. it'll just keep going. Uh, that's what I've always wanted to see. So let's start talking about some of our favorite teams. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so there are eight teams in the USFL. There's the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, the Michigan Panthers, New Jersey Generals, New Orleans Breakers, Philadelphia Stars, Pittsburgh Maulers, and the Tampa Bay Bandits. So uh, who are some of our favorite teams and some of our least favorite teams? Um, I'd say least favorite, well, just a little bit off topic. I like how they have all the same teams from the original starting. Yeah. Eight, except they changed one of the cities. But I'm not mad about that city change. The New Orleans Breakers were not the New Orleans Breakers, for those of you who do not know. Back in the 80s, they were the Boston Breakers. I think they moved around quite a bit. I believe they were in Boston, they were in Portland, and they were in New Orleans. They, they jumped around a lot, but it's good to see that they have the original, at least the original eight right. back up. I'm very excited for that. I'd say least favorite, probably the Michigan Panthers, but that's just because the Ohio in me does yeah. not want to see any team from Michigan succeed at anything, unless you're the Detroit Lions, because then I just feel sorry for you. Right. Uh, Lions fans, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> Maybe you'll get them one day. Um, another team I'm not the biggest fan of, which is welcome as a surprise, is the Pittsburgh Maulers. Because Interesting. Everyone knows that I'm a huge Steelers fan. Right. But I'm not a big fan of the Maulers. I don't think hmm. that their coach is all that great. I don't think that they drafted well. Right. I think they might honestly have one of the weaker rosters in the league, and I think that they're going to fail for a little bit. Because think about it. You just put a USFL team in a city where it's only one team. Yeah. Like, it's all Steelers heavy in Pittsburgh. So they're going to have to compete with them. I don't know how well that's going to go over, but you have to wait and see. I mean, they love their football out there. So, I mean, it could work. I don't know. Uh, we'll definitely see. But like I said, they're playing in the bubble right now. So I'm hoping that it can continue on to next season where they actually can play in their respective cities. I know they're doing the bubble while these stadiums are under construction, I believe, is what I, okay. I read. Because some... Some teams are getting their own stadiums built. Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I saw a little something about that. So, like, I'm pretty sure in, like, New Jersey, I think they're getting their own 
stadium kind of built. Why though? They got the uh, Red Bull Stadium. That'd be perfect. Oh, that would be perfect. I know. I just saw like a thing that's like that's an option for them. Is like if yeah, they, if somebody wants to build There'd a stadium, be, there wouldn't be anything wrong with the uh, Maulers playing at Heinz Field. Oh, that that would be perfect. I mean, that's them, where I Pitt think. plays. So, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of uh, interesting teams out there. Um, some of my favorites. I know that you and me are on the same page here. I really like the New Orleans Breakers. Go Breakers, I think, baby. I think they're going to be my uh, number one team. When I'm when I'm looking at some of my favorite, like just looking at the rosters, I really like the Tampa Bay Bandits. I think they got probably the best overall roster in the league from what I see. For sure. I mean, when you when you look at the roster comparisons, I mean, right off the bat already, it seems like the Southern Division is going to put up more of a fight than the Northern Division. Yeah. Um, I because I already think the two most popular teams in the rebirth of this USFL is the New Orleans Breakers mm-hmm. and the Tampa Bay Bandits. So, I mean, off the bat, those are the two most popular teams already. Right. Both their rosters are stacked. Yeah. I mean, you look at it any way you want to look at it. I mean, the Breakers got, I think, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. I personally, think so, too. With Kyle Slaughter, because he's had experience in the NFL. He's going to bring that back. Yeah. And it's, he's going to be outstanding. And then for the Bandits, I mean... Like you said, they they made a lot of good. They do have a very very good roster. Now that I'm actually taking a look at it, yeah. it's they're deep. They're deep everywhere that they can go. Their quarterback core is deep. I mean, it's going to be fun in the Southern Division. I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that another one that I like as a roster, but kind of like what you said, I can't like just for the sake of being <laughs> an Ohioan would be the Michigan Panthers. I think they have one of the best rosters. They easily have the best quarterback tandem in the league. They have oh, yeah. Shea Patterson from the University of Michigan, and they have Paxton Lynch, who got plenty of playing time in Denver. But stretching beyond then, that, they're not they're not super in-depth, though. Like, stretching beyond that, like, they have some, but, you know, like, not too many. Not, yeah. But they're still going to put up a fight. They also do have Jeff Fisher as their head coach, and I think that he easily is the best, at least on paper, the best coach in this league. He has the biggest resume uh, as a very successful NFL head coach in the 2000s. He, you know, he, he faded out yeah. uh, toward the end there, but he does have a very impressive resume. And I can't, you know, for the sake of, also for the sake of being a Clevelander, <laughs> I can't like the Maulers. I just can't like anything Pittsburgh. That's understandable. Um, yeah. And then Philadelphia Stars, I don't like their roster either, and I really do not like their logo. I, just I don't, don't like their like, logo either. I don't really like their look. And- yeah, their their look is not great. And also with the Maulers, I don't like their colorway because it's like if you're going to be in Pittsburgh, if if anyone's been to Pittsburgh, that entire city is black and yellow. Yeah. And they are not black and yellow. Right. So, like I, I really liked, I mean, I can't say I liked, but objectively when the Pittsburgh Penguins, they kind of went back to that yellow and black and got rid of that weird kind of beigeous gold that yeah. a lot of other teams kind of moved away from, like the Cavs and the Rams. Um, I really like that because I thought that it definitely fit with their city. Um, I don't like the fact that in the NHL that there are two black and yellow teams. I think the Boston Bruins should go back to like yeah. a dark brown and yellow, kind of what like what they had way back then. But uh, nonetheless, let's kind of go through each of these teams and just name a player that we are excited to see. Let's let's start with Birmingham. I will start. I really like linebacker Scooby Wright, not just for his name. His name is awesome. <laughs> But he had uh, 17 sacks and 43 and a half tackles for a loss at, uh, in college at Arizona. He was going to be a very 
intriguing NFL player. He just never panned out. He was on the Browns practice squad for a little bit there um, and then ended up on the Cardinals and kind of didn't get much playing time after that. But he was also on my, when the XFL was rebooted a couple years ago, the DC defenders were my team for many reasons. And one of them being a Scooby, right? So I'm really intrigued to see him in Birmingham. Is there anyone on that team that you're looking forward to see? I also agree with Scooby, right? With that, I think it was a phenomenal pick. I mean, like you said, he has all the stats to prove that he's he's going to be a star, mm-hmm. or at least he appears that he will be a star in this right. league. For Birmingham, uh, let me look here. They have so many. They have so many good players. Now that I'm actually taking a look at it, yeah. shout out Birmingham for drafting good. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna have to go with an offensive lineman that okay. I'm happy to see. Offensive linemen don't get a lot of love, but I was really excited to see them pick up Justice Powers. I mean. That's also a really cool name, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's not the only reason why, though. Yeah. I mean, he's a phenomenal offensive lineman. He'll be one. Of, he'll be the blocker for that team, in my opinion. Yes, they took him in round seven. He fell a little bit below where I think he should have gone. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal addition for that team. And I'm excited. Yeah. Like for this, like this is gonna be excited right now. Spring football, come on! Right, it doesn't I mean, get better it's, than it's, this. <laughs> it was so hard for me to choose a team because almost every team it was like, "Ooh, there's, I like Scooby Wright. Ooh, yeah. I like some of these guys." I there's there's so many players that you look and it's like they they might be names you haven't heard of right. for a while that were good in college. Now they're here, and you're like, "Oh, I really like all these guys." But yeah, and I I mean I say I'm a Breakers fan, and I'm definitely gonna follow them, but I'm gonna be really intrigued to see some of these other teams play. And even if the breakers don't make it to the playoffs, I really want to go down there because chances are there's going to be a team where I really like a lot of their players from before the USFL. Um, So let's go on to the Houston gamblers. I have cornerback Howard Wilson. He was a former fourth rounder uh, by the Browns, which is one of the reasons I, why I recognize that name Uh, in college. He was, he had nine interceptions throughout his career and 15 passes defensed. So kind of a ball hawk that I think can definitely show off some of his potential and upside there uh, in the USFL. Is there anyone on the gamblers that you really like? Um, I really like Isaiah uh, Zuber, the wide receiver that they drafted. I think that he's going to be an absolutely stellar addition. I'm, I really like uh, his background especially as well. I mean, he used to play for the Patriots. He played at Kansas State and Mississippi State. So two colleges, both very respectable, especially Mississippi State. Um, I actually believe he played at Mississippi State under our very own Coach Joe Moorhead. So, shout out Coach Moorhead. Um, His only career stats, although he did play with the Patriots, he only had two receptions for 29 yards, still averaged 14.5 yards per reception. Mm -hmm. Not terrible, especially if you're, like, kind of like a, you know, not like, I don't say a no-name receiver, but a receiver that, yeah, you were good in college, but. Coming right. into the league is going to be a very difficult adjustment for you. Right. So I like what he's done. I think that in this league, he's been around. Going into this, he will be a star receiver for uh, Houston. And I'm excited to see him play, especially with, I think that the quarterback receiver connection is going to be there, like off the bat mm-hmm. for Houston. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. I think that to me, they're one of the, kind of toward the bottom of my list. I mean, we'll kind of go into where we rank our teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do have a couple, they do have some really interesting players who've kind of hadn't had that opportunity in the NFL, but could definitely step up here. Uh, so I already kind of talked about this with the Michigan Panthers, but the ones that 
I am really that I really want to see are the quarterback tandem in Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch. Like I said, Paxton Lynch, he got plenty of playing time in the NFL. Um, not the greatest quarterback, but nonetheless, if you're good enough to get playing time, you're probably going to be successful in a league like the USFL. Absolutely. And they also got Shea Patterson, who, you know, I have my knocks on Michigan, uh, but he was one of their better quarterbacks over the years. They haven't been, they've been very successful. Um, over the years, just not against Ohio State, but I think Shea Patterson's been one of their better quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, so anyone stand out on Michigan? Yeah, I think um, cornerback uh, Tino Ellis hmm. for the uh, Panthers is going to be very good. Came out of Maryland. Um, I'm excited to see where he plays. Um, he, I believe he just graduated. Okay. So he is going right into the USFL. Um, he, was, he was very good at Maryland. He was one of their better corners, I will say, um, and out of a corner core that wasn't exactly, you know, the strongest as we've seen right. in the past. Right. Um, he was definitely the star of one of the stars of that, and I think that that'll transfer over immediately to this Panthers defense, which seems to be not horrible mm-hmm. going into the season. I think that taking Tino Ellis for them was a great pick, and I think that he might be one of the best corners in the entire USFL by the end of the season, and I think that'll carry on for his duration in the USFL and his th- the duration of his career. Definitely. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out for sure. Uh New Jersey Generals. These are this was another team I was debating like should this be my team because there's a lot of really n- uh, big names that kind of stand out and I I chose two of them cuz I couldn't really narrow it down. One of them being running back from the Ohio State, Mike Weber. Uh he was kind of overshadowed a little bit. I th- he was a very talented running back. But Absolutely. He also had to play with J.K. Dobbins, and he came right after Ezekiel Elliott. He was supposed to be the next Zeke. Um, unfortunately, I think injuries kind of hurt him there, but the, the upside was definitely there. So I was yeah. really happy to see him uh, kind of make a career comeback here in New Jersey. And then the other one was safety Paris Ford. He was one of the more... Uh, he had a lot of upside when he was heading into the draft, this last uh, draft, actually, in uh, 2021, I thought that he could have panned out really well and been a successful, kind of a a uh, low-risk, high-reward kind of player. Yeah. Um, but he had a bad combine, and I was really surprised to see that he isn't, at least on a practice squad somewhere in the NFL, so I think he's really going to ball out here in New Jersey. So uh, what, do you, what do you think about uh, New Jersey? I'm liking Mike Weber, like you said. Not only do I share a last name with him, but <laughs> yeah. um, he's from Ohio State. Uh, he was supposed to be one of the next big running backs. Unfortunately, like you said, you know, it didn't pan out. And the last time the New Jersey Devils drafted a running back, that was Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that maybe that luck could carry over. And I'm excited to see Mike Weber suit up again. I really am because I miss seeing him play in college. You know, didn't pan out in the NFL. This is his time to shine. He's definitely, I think, going to be one of the key pieces to this Generals team because the Generals did a phenomenal job drafting an offensive line. I think they might have the strongest offensive line in the USFL. I agree. So if they can get Mike Weber rolling behind that line, they might might make it to the championship. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd be more than happy to see him playing in Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium on July 3rd. Um. So going to our favorite team, the New Orleans Breakers, I think I know who you're going to choose. So, and I I do really like uh, Kyle Slaughter. Uh, That's 
who I assume you're going to pick. But Yeah, definitely Kyle Slaughter. And then also, I'm a huge fan of Vontae Diggs. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him, too. Both of them have a little bit of NFL experience, and that's mm-hmm. going to come right down here. I think that Kyle Slaughter was probably, I want to say, like the veteran of this quarterback class, but it kind of, he kind of was. Yeah. He definitely, out of all the players, had the most experience playing, time-wise at least, in the NFL. And I think that the fact that we got him at sixth, I think, that's a steal. Yeah. Because not only do we get a phenomenal quarterback, but we also get his veteran presence to lead this team. And same kind of thing with uh, Vontae Diggs. I mean, phenomenal linebacker. He's going to help lead this defense, hopefully, to the championship. Yeah. So I'm excited to see both of them suit up. Yeah, Slaughter, he's arguably the best all-around quarterback in this league, uh, I think, uh, just based on what we've seen out of him. Um, I'm really excited to see how he connects with wide receiver Taewon Taylor. He was at the bottom of a very crowded uh, wide receiving room with the Cleveland Browns, and when he did get touches, he actually was pretty efficient. And so I think that this is the perfect opportunity to be playing with a quarterback of Kyle Slaughter's uh, style and uh, experience in this league, I think that those two are going to have a really good connection there. Uh, going to the Philadelphia Stars, who I said I didn't really like their roster a whole lot, and especially not their logo or their colors, <laughs> um, but that doesn't matter. I'm intrigued by quarterback Brian Scott. Um, more than one source that I've read has compared him to Aaron Rodgers. They called him the Aaron Rodgers of Division Three football, just based on his playing style. Uh, I really want to see how he pans out in the USFL because he was not able to get starting time in the Canadian League and not really in the NFL either. So is there anyone who stands out in Philadelphia? I'm right with you on Brian Scott. I mean, the spotlight's going to be on him Mm. for sure, especially with, you know, being the Aaron Rodgers of Division Three. That spotlight's going to be on him. Yeah. And it's going to be up to him to play with that light on him. Right. So, I mean, other than that, their team's not exactly the – greatest by any means yeah. I mean another well, another good pickup for them I think was uh Devin Gray wide receiver I think that he's going to be the star receiver on this team but again that's going to be determined by if Brian Scott can perform mm-hmm. under the spotlight and the pressure that this league is going to put on him absolutely so let's go to the Pittsburgh Maulers um Again, this is kind of the homer in me, but a player that really stands out to me is quarterback Kyle Lauletta. Yep, I was about <laughs> to say the same thing. Yeah, he, he played. Was, he played well. He did, and in, in his in his little bit with the Browns there. I'm yeah. It was mostly. I'm happy to see him. It was mostly in the uh, preseason. He did pretty well, at least at first. Um, he got he ended up getting booted out, um, replaced by Nick Mullins, but. He does have some upside. I believe he's had uh, playing time in other leagues, uh, other spring leagues, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. I'm I'm not 100% sure on that. But I think that quarterback is definitely a really strong position for this Pittsburgh Maulers team. Absolutely. I think another good player for the uh, Maulers is Trey Walker. Yeah. Phenomenal career at San Jose State. I think that... He's going to have a long, successful career with the Smallers team, especially behind the coaching staff and everything. I mean, he played really well, especially his junior year at San Jose State where he had uh, 10 games. Uh, He caught 79 passes for 1,161 yards, averaging 15 yards per reception, 
with five touchdowns. And that was the last season he played at San Jose uh, State, at least the full season, because the following season was the COVID year. Yeah. Um, but I think that if he can keep that uh, same fire going that he had that year, I think that fitting in with Pittsburgh will make them dangerous. Yeah. As much as I don't want to admit that, but, you know, they, <laughs> they'll be a team to watch for if Trey Walker can get going. Yeah, definitely a steal there. Um, and then lastly, the Tampa Bay Bandits. Man, there are just so many players that I really like from this team. That makes me think they probably have the best roster. Uh, Derek Willie is at wide receiver. He's been on the Browns on and off again at least three times, most notably when he had that big reception against the Baltimore Ravens in 2018. Uh, I thought that was terrific there. Um, kind of like Michigan, I really like their quarterbacks and Jordan Tayamu, who was a superstar with the St. Louis Battlehawks in the yeah. XFL. And they also got Brady White, who's really good and might even be the starter. Uh, not 100% sure on that, but they got a really good quarterback tandem that they can get really creative with. And then also on the defensive side, I like Obi Melifonwu, who is a former second round pick uh, by the Raiders. And I think he will be an excellent uh, anchor to that Tampa Bay Bandits defense at safety. Yeah, I'm right along with you on all the points you just made. And I really also like uh, Devontae Davis, their, uh, one of their cornerbacks. I think that yeah. him with that defense, I mean, Tampa Bay is already a fan favorite in this league. You can already tell. Mm-hmm. And I think that their defense is definitely one of the top in the, uh, definitely in the, I'd say top three in the league easily. Yeah. Um, they're definitely going to be the team to watch out for. Because like like I said, they've easily they have probably the biggest fan base already established, and their team is looking like they're going to play up to that expectation that the fans are going to hold them to, and this league will hold them to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we really elaborated a lot on the uh, players to look out for that we think can carry these teams to success. Uh, so real quickly, I want to kind of break down who we think the best and the worst teams will be. I had them ranked out. My number one team is going to be Tampa Bay. Like I said, I think they have the best overall roster, at least the biggest names in the uh, USFL. Number two, the Michigan Panthers. They also have a really good roster, but I think that even more so than the roster, they're going to be led really heavily by Jeff Fisher as their head coach. Number three, a very close one behind them would be our New Orleans Breakers. Uh, like we said, we really like their uh, some of the pieces they have, especially Kyle Slaughter at quarterback. Number four, New Jersey Generals, Mike Weber. Can't go wrong especially with him. Especially with that offensive line that they've built there. Right. Like I said, if they can get Mike Weber going, yep. there's no stopping them. And you have Paris Ford there to uh, lead the defense there. I think they can be definitely a sleeper team. Uh, number five, I have the Pittsburgh Maulers. Um Kind of go, kind of because of Kyle Lowlett at quarterback. I'm, I'm not super familiar with the rest of their roster but I think that there's definitely some upside there. Number six, Birmingham Stallions. Uh, like I said, Scooby Wright. You can't go wrong with him in these leagues. He is definitely a, a dominant piece. I really liked him on the defenders. Number seven, Houston Gamblers. The roster is not great, but I think that there's definitely upside there. Yeah. Some sleeper names, kind of like what you mentioned. And then number eight, Philadelphia Stars. I think that they have the least talented roster but again it kind of comes down to is brian scott gonna show off that skill they had at division three yeah so i'm right with you on all of that except the top three because i do have all the teams that you mentioned in the top three but i have the breakers number one okay because go breakers go breakers yep 
love. I, can't, I, I, I can't be mad it. at that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, number two, I do have the um, Bandits because I think that the South Division is, I think it's going to be more competitive mm. than the Northern Division. I, yeah, I agree. And then as much you know as I don't like to admit it, I will say that the Michigan Panthers will they will run the North. I the Northern so Division. Too. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be number three, but I think it's going to be an absolute dogfight between the uh, Breakers and the Bandits. We're bringing the Tampa Bay and New Orleans rivalry to the USFL oh, as well. Yeah. I can't say I hate those takes either. Uh, so let's kind of get into our week one preview. The New Jersey Generals will take on the Birmingham Stallions uh, this coming Saturday at 7.30 on, I believe it's on both Fox and NBC. I believe so. So who do you have winning game number one, the inaugural game of the newly created USFL? I have the New Jersey Generals winning this game. Birmingham's defense is not looking exactly the best. It is pretty good. But again, like we talked about the Generals, if you get Mike Weber going, there's no stopping him. And what better way? Would there to be to kick off the reincarnation of the USFL than to have their first team ever founded win the first game of this inaugural season? Yep, in Birmingham for that matter. In yeah. Birmingham, I I agree with you. I think the Generals are favored. Um, can Scooby Wright carry that Birmingham defense? We will see. Uh, but I think that New Jersey's just better all around. With like you said, Mike Weber, he's going to be a powerhouse at running back. Uh, like I said, Paris Ford, I really like him. And so our next game is the Houston Gamblers versus the Michigan Panthers, which will be the following day, Sunday at 12 o'clock on NBC. Who do you like in that one? I'm taking the Panthers, kind of like we discussed. Um, Houston doesn't, again, they're going to be in the lower part of this league for at least a little bit. Um, And the Panthers easily have the best roster out of any team in the Northern Division. Um, I think the Panthers, you know, like I had mentioned, they will win the North, um, and I have them... I have them actually like destroying the Gamblers by a lot. Yeah. The score I can't say yet because that remains to be seen, but they're going to yeah. win this one by a large margin. Right. I mean, yeah, it's it's easy to make predictions on paper, but we haven't even seen them play yet. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that all happens. I also have Michigan winning that one just because of the fact that they're just so loaded. Uh, like I said, Jeff Fisher, easily the best coach in this league, again, on paper but I really like them a lot more than Houston, and I agree that they're probably going to run the North and probably win the uh, the North Division. They're probably going to be there in Canton on July 3rd. Um, I expect to see them there. I mean, well, yeah, we'll they see. probably won't be given a warm welcome. It's, probably You'll be not. in a stadium full of Ohioans. But, <laughs> right, <you know>. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine uh, the Michigan Panthers going up against the New Jersey Generals with Mike Weber? Oh, boy. That would be, yeah. Well, we know what the crowd energy would be like. Oh, yeah. It would just be all a sea of red for Ohio State. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd show up in my Buckeyes gear. Um, so we talk about that. The next game, Philadelphia Stars versus our New Orleans Breakers, Sunday at 4 o'clock on USA. Uh, sh- should I even ask who do we like? Yeah, no, we're, we're taking the Breakers. <laughs> I mean, the Stars, I think, will be the worst team in the USFL. I agree. Um, and like I said, I have the Breakers. I have us going number one. Go Breakers until Ohio gets a team. Then it'll be whatever the Ohio team is. But right, and I, now, I do want to get Breakers. to that. Yeah, I do want to get to that in a bit. Uh, before we do that, uh, we will cover. We will preview this last game: the Tampa Bay Bandits versus the Pittsburgh Maulers, Sunday at eight on FS1. Do you who who do you like in this one? So this is a tough matchup because. So, so I think both of these teams are going to play second in their divisions. Mm-hmm. 
this is also the night game. Yeah. So a lot, like, going to be a lot of people tuning into this, especially with the hype that the USFL has built behind their league. Right. I have the Pittsburgh Maulers upsetting the Tampa Bay Bandits by three. I have them winning by three. And I'm going to say it's going to be on a three-point conversion. Wow. That, that's how I have that game playing yeah, out. That, that game, would, that I think, be will be the closest game of week one. You're putting the two, like I said, the second-best teams in both divisions against each other. And it's going to be a fight, but I think the Maulers might be able to upset the Bandits. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I got Tampa Bay winning this one and rather easily, but we'll see what the uh, what the spotlight brings. I mean... Like you said, it's a nighttime game. It's a primetime game on FS1. Um, and I think that there's definitely some potential for some upsets, either there or wherever else. Because like like we said, it's it's a new league. We don't really know exactly how the chemistry between these teams are. All we can do is analyze on paper. But And I will um, say, out of all the um, leagues that have come and gone mm-hmm. for uh, like a different type of football, this is definitely the one that, I think everyone can agree. It has the best feeling about it going into this. Yeah. Like when the AAF first came up, the there was nothing behind it. It seemed it felt, dead. It felt very rushed, yeah. Yeah. The XFL, it was like, okay, I understand it. They didn't get TV coverage because they didn't have any of these network deals. But the USFL, they have the network deals. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hype behind them. They've amassed almost, I think they're coming up on 750,000 uh, followers across all social media. This brings a good feeling that this could be the reincarnation of the old USFL, but hopefully this one will stay. Like this yeah. has a very good positive feeling behind it. Like this could be something that we are going to see for a long time. Right. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if this uh, will be successful in the long run. I really hope it does. I think that there definitely can be a spring league that can be successful. It just hasn't happened, even though I think that there could definitely be a big industry for that or, or a big market for that. Cause I mean, the AHL has been around for how many years now and hockey isn't as, you know, let's be honest, hockey isn't nearly as popular as football is yet. Their minor league system is among the greatest. And you'd, you would think that the NFL would have something like that. Cause yeah, you know, people can argue, Oh, well that that's just college. College is a developmental league. Well, no, once you're out of college, it's, it's, you're either in the NFL or, or you're not, or you're playing with the zappers. Yeah. And, <laughs> and see, I like this, but the thing is that, I think with the NFL is that they feel threatened by any other form of football that comes in when they mm. shouldn't. It's like you're the NFL. Yeah. You you have coverage for your league year round. And it's right. weird they have the calendar set up that way. That way there's never at one point where football is not talked about. Right. Even like when the, the season one's not going on. Yeah. If football is, I think, probably the only year round sport there is. I mean, you know, the in the later in the summer, the NBA, you know, free agency and the trade market and everything there's there's always downtime for like the nhl when they finish up there's downtime for that league yeah there's downtime for the mlb there's downtime for the nba right i mean there's never downtime for the nfl it's year round there's always something going on and even even like training camp i mean you you listen to some of the radio stations around here they'll talk about the browns training camp more than they talk about the indians or the guardians even and that's just just because that's just because yeah that's just how powerful the NFL they, is. they run a lot. I mean, and like like I said, that's the way they have their calendar set up. Is that way that at no point there will be, there's never going to be a point where the NFL is not the main topic. Right. And that's how they have it set up. And that's ingenious. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I feel like when a new spring league comes up, they feel threatened by that. That might take away from their spotlight. Yeah. 
And they and they shouldn't because not only are they just exponentially more powerful, but they need to be working with these leagues. I don't I don't know if a lot of these like owners of these leagues necessarily that was their vision to be like a like a farm league for them, but the they could definitely benefit from the NFL kind of watching even if it's not a direct farm league, even if it's just like a developmental thing where if you're good enough in the USFL you can enter some sort of supplemental draft doesn't have to be some sort of affiliation thing like we see in hockey and baseball. It could be, you know, just developing kind of what we talked about earlier, just developing players, kind of experimenting with new rules and stuff, you know, just be partners. You don't have to yeah. treat them like they're some sort of inferior league that's trying to compete with them because yeah, we the, all know that's not going to happen. I mean, that's what the USFL was originally, though, because back in the 80s was when the NFL started taking off. Mm-hmm. But the USFL came in to try to see if they might be able to take over and they they almost they were pretty successful at the time. I they I, were successful. If they didn't, if um, if the owner of the New Jersey Generals, who <laughs> uh, happened to be our forty fifth president of the United States, by the way, yeah, if, um, if, if he, he didn't uh, move to try to compete directly with the NFL, I think they would have been very successful. Even if they didn't last forever, I think that they could have been what the World Hockey Association was to the NHL. Where absolutely. I think of some of those teams probably could have been absorbed in they could have taken some of those rules and you know who who knows i mean yeah it it's just some you know you you, you got to wonder what would the nfl look like had that not happened because i believe there was a team in baltimore there, there were teams everywhere but i think another reason yeah i think another reason that the uh usfl failed so early is they tried to expand yeah way too quickly also True. because of said person that was the owner of the generals a little interesting history fact is that he actually sued the nfl for being a tyrant for one billion dollars he won but because the usfl had not been playing for almost a year at that point the court found them that they were not interfering with the affairs of the usfl and therefore the usfl won a grand total of three dollars and seventy five cents, and that's with interest over the years. The original was one dollar. That might be my favorite. Fun the NFL, fact of all yeah, time. Even, even the I NFL, the NFL covered all the lawyer fees, which was six million dollars. Which even that would have been good, but yeah. no, they got one dollar. You sued the <laughs> most powerful league in the world, and you got one dollar. I mean, like, listen, that's just a little. That's a little bit of history for you. Yeah, and that's that's what. Like I said, that's what led to their shutdown because at that point they had embarrassed themselves nationally. Yeah. And I mean, how do you rebound from that? You can't, especially from taking a year off. All that fan base evaporated because. And then all your good players, Herschel Walker, Brian Sype, they all went to the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's kind of talk a little bit about the uh, XFL now. Uh, Speaking of spring leagues, with. The USFL kind of taking over some of these cities uh, like Houston and Tampa Bay. There are some teams that are rumored. This isn't confirmed yet, but are reportedly going to be out. The New York Guardians, the LA Wildcats, and the Tampa Bay Vipers are reportedly going to be out. I also heard that the Houston Roughnecks were facing some sort of lawsuit just kind of with the fact that they are so similar in brand as the Houston Oilers, now Tennessee Titans, obviously. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them out now that they have the Houston Gamblers. And so the new XFL cities that are uh, rumored are Orlando, San Antonio, and Las Vegas. 
Uh, so what do you think about those cities and what other, what other cities do you think should be or should have been considered? So I like the three cities that they mentioned that are going to be like rumored to be new XFL cities. Another thing that the uh, New York Guardians would have to watch out for is obviously having Guardians as their name now that there is a professional level team that is yeah. now named the Guardians. And um, they pretty easily took down the original Cleveland Guardians uh, roller derby team. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't <laughs> expect the uh, USFL or the XFL Guardians to uh, keep that fare name any better. Yeah. Um. Another, I want Ohio to get a USFL or XFL team at some point. But the question would be, where do you put it? Because I have two answers for that. Because in Cincinnati, you already have the Bengals, and with the Bengals' recent success, their fan base has exploded. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could put one in Columbus, which I know is probably one of the ones that you were thinking of, yep. um, I'm assuming. But at the same time, you put one in Columbus, you're then inadvertently competing with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and then in Cleveland, you have the Browns, and the Browns, the Browns fans are the Browns fans. They're never going away. Yeah, and they're they're always going to be at every game, so you're going to have to compete with them. I mean, there's no other like big city unless you want to put one here in Akron, which I would not be opposed to. No, I mean the stadium's big enough. Yeah. I I kind of almost I kind of disagree with some of your points. I think that really any any big city here in Ohio could be successful because. They have that fan base that is so passionate about football. You know, like we can't get enough of our Browns. I mean, Cincinnati can't get enough of the Bengals. Ohio can't get enough of the Buckeyes. Yeah, and and there are a lot of stadiums around too. I mean, in Cleveland, they would have to play at First Energy. Yeah, in Cincinnati, they can definitely. There's a lot of options. You could they play could at either play UC, at Paul Brown. Yeah, they could play at UC, or they could play at the FC Cincinnati's new stadium. I, f- I forgot about FC Cincinnati having that new stadium. I, I forget if it's already done if, or not. Or the one thing I will do a trade off though is if Ohio gets a team, it should be in a more central location than a team that yeah. already has an NFL team. And that's team. why I think that there are two realistic options. Well, one and a half realistic options. Uh, Columbus, obviously, Columbus because... is the biggest one to me because. It can capture both Cleveland and Cincinnati. If you're a Cleveland fan, you're probably not a Cincinnati fan, vice versa. But if you're a Cleveland fan or a Cincinnati fan, chances are you like whatever's in Columbus. Yeah, you so like Ohio the Blue State, Jackets, Blue Jackets the crew. Well, unless what, you're in Cincinnati, then you're... But but Well, even then, the crew's still been around for yeah. a longer period of time. They're one the of the first well. teams. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that would make the most sense uh, in terms of pure market size, for sure. Uh, Columbus, biggest city in Ohio. You have... The shoe, which I cannot see Ohio State giving up. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you have the crew's new stadium. I yep. forget what it's called. I think like low.com field or something mm-hmm. like that. Or you could even build you could build their own stadium even if, if I, so I, they choose. I wouldn't even do that because you already have the crew's old stadium, Mont oh, Free Stadium. Just convert that. Yeah. Yeah. You can just convert that. I would uh, I would love to see them put like a team like in a city near the big city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Put one in Dayton. Yeah. They can use the Flyers thing. I mean, if they, even if they want, they can use the Flyers Stadium. Put one here in Akron. They can use First Energy. Or not uh, First Energy. I almost said First Energy. Yeah. I don't know why. Infocision. Infocision. Yeah. We do have a that's First Energy good. here on campus, though. Yeah. Soccer field. Don't know why. That field. Um, don't know why yeah. I thought that was the football. But. What, what I think would be the perfect city. Um, I mean, maybe this is just, you know, the Northeast Ohioan in me. I think Canton, Ohio would be the perfect city. Ooh, yeah. Play at the Hall of Fame Stadium. For so many reasons, yeah. You got the Hall of Fame Stadium, which is a perfect size. It's brand new. It's only a couple years old. 
they only play one preseason NFL game there per yep. year, and then they they host like Walsh, I think, and Canton McKinley. Other than that, I feel like it's pretty underutilized. You have that huge renovations going on with the Football Hall of Fame down there where they're building all these shops and restaurants and an indoor water park, all this stuff that's been in the works for years, and it finally seems like it's really getting rolling now. I feel like that would be great to have a team play there regularly. Absolutely, that's not just yeah. high school or Division three yeah. uh, football or college football. Um, you also have TV market, the Cleveland TV market, which I believe is ranked 18th or 19th in the nation. Cleveland, Akron, Canton. I think Youngstown has their own, but still, still driving distance. You have a lot of big cities around there in driving distance, Akron, Cleveland. If you really want to come up from Columbus, Columbus had a team, I'd go down there. So if I lived in Columbus, I could come up to Canton. Yeah, and it's not too far of a drive. I mean, it's a little bit of a drive if you're in like more south towards Dayton, Cincinnati. But, but if you want to take a road trip up to the the Hall of Fame, then that's Yeah, and especially excuse. being up here in Northeast Ohio, too, there's a lot more to do than just go to that. Like, yeah. go up to Cleveland for the day. Right. Go to Akron. Come here to Akron. Come here yeah. to Akron. You know, Catch come a Rubber watch. Ducks game while you're at it. Hey, go. Hey, let's go Rubber Ducks, man. Yeah. Double A champions, the pride. The pride right. and joy of this city. Right. Soon to be taken over, however, by Tom, or almost a Tom Arth. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, Tom Arth. Don't like you. Uh, by Coach Joe Moorhead and the Akron Zips. I mean, yeah. I, just, I would like to see them put one here. Because then yeah. we have InFecision. And it's right. like, it would be great because then we'd actually use it and then we could make money off of that. Yeah, the campus would benefit from that because hey, we could actually you know, sell tickets. Yeah, you I, know, and, I, I, I and agree. we have the best stadium in the MAC. Oh, in my no, opinion, no question. I think this definitely is because it's not just the bowl. It's you know you got the different levels. And, yeah, we. And I think stuff. we also it's, have one of the bigger stadiums in the MAC as well. I think so I mean, it'd be nice for that thing to get filled it would, it would up be a nice little to more. See some fans we'll in the see, stands. We'll, but, yeah, we'll see what Joe Moorhead brings hey, when but, Coach Moorhead takes the field with this new and improved Zips team. I'm telling you, that first game. We might have the biggest crowd for a football game we've ever had. <laughs> At least in a very, very long time. I, I would hope so. Um, another point that I was going to make about Canton being a really good stadium was that when you go down there, they take high school football so seriously. Yeah, down it's there. almost like the Texas Canton, in a way. The Canton McKinley versus uh, Maslin Washington rivalry is one of the best, if not the best rivalry. The, in the only, entire nation. The Everything. only rivalry I can ever put against that is so like I said, I'm not from here, but even I know how big that rivalry is. Yeah. The only other it's rivalry the, that gets that heated is when uh the the division one school from my hometown of Springfield, the Springfield Wildcats, okay, play Wayne. Mm. That game, those games, I mean, the way that they treat each other is like Akron yeah. Kent State. It is not it's not good. Yeah. It's not it's one of those rivalries that like it's a rivalry, but like not in a good, fun way. It's a rivalry because they genuinely do not like each other whatsoever. Right? Yeah, but yeah, like the the McKinley versus uh, Maslin rivalry. That's one of the oldest ones there are. McKinley or Canton McKinley. They kind of merged with a couple schools over the years, but they're one of the oldest programs there there's been because uh, it's the birthplace of football. Obviously, Maslin. You had big names like Paul Brown, and the na- the stadium's named after him too. Uh, Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, but it's just even if Canton is not the biggest city in the USFL, like the city itself, you know, even it, it even if you be... take away the whole TV market, yeah, it, it psychographically, 
Northeast Ohio, especially Stark County, is just obsessed with football. Yeah. And I would akin that to, I, I would compare a Canton team to be like the Green Bay Packers of yeah, a spring league. Yeah, we're like, the city's very small, but the fan base is huge. And I mean, I, if, I and even if you look be, at some of the locations they're putting these teams, they're not the biggest. Like yeah. Birmingham, right. not the biggest whatsoever. And I do like, well, one thing that I haven't been a fan of with some of these, I, this is one of the only things I liked about the AAF was that they chose cities that didn't already have an NFL team. There may have been one or two that did, but with, like, with the XFL and most teams in the USFL, they're choosing cities that already have an NFL team. I, I feel like that's a way to kind of gravitate towards the fans that are already there to kind of be like, a, hey, yeah, you can still root that. for your city's team, yeah, but yeah. in a new exciting way in the spring. Yeah, and I get that, but I also think that building building like Portland, a new relation with like a different city, yeah, is key to possibly even landing an NFL team, right? There like, one day, I was, yeah, I was just gonna say that Portland probably won't ever have an NFL team because the Seahawks are right up the road. You're probably yep. already in the the city's probably already loyal to either them or the San Francisco 49ers or even the Raiders. Uh, but I think that that could be a very viable location for a spring team. Uh, they did have a team, I think the Portland Breakers, uh, way back in the uh, USF, the original USFL. But that was their second year in the league. I know they were the Boston Breakers in the inaugural season. They might have been. And um, then I know they switched to Portland later on, and then they went down to New Orleans. Yeah. So, like, yeah, just put a team, just have – St. Louis have a team, bring San Diego, you know, bring them back. Absolutely. Uh, you could have even te- even cities that you may not even think of at first, like maybe Norfolk slash Virginia Beach, Virginia, or uh, Orlando. They're probably going to get a team, like I said, uh, Columbus, Ohio. I mean, you could throw— Mil- Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I don't know if they have a good stadium out there, but— I mean, you could throw one wherever. I mean, especially where it's warm. Omaha, I mean, Nebraska. On. Yeah. Even that, you know? Honolulu. I Oklahoma, mean, just, Oklahoma City, Austin, yeah. Tech. There's just so many uh, potential. Hartford, Connecticut. I can, I can come yeah. up with a whole bunch. I could even I could create my own league and come up with all the names <laughs> and colors and everything if You're I You're first the WZIP league. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this USFL season. I'm excited to see the XFL coming up next year, and I just hope that both – can be viable. I hope they last a very long time because I think it's a very high potential industry, a very high risk industry as well. But nonetheless, I think that it could be a very successful market out there. So uh, any, any final thoughts today? Um, not much. Just go breakers. I hope both these leagues survive. I think they will survive. And I'm just excited. Spring football. Never thought I would say those words. Spring football is right around the corner. It, as of today, it is eight days away from kickoff. Yep. And I could not be more excited. Go Breakers. You will see them there in the championship taking on the Michigan Panthers. I expect to see everyone here in blue. We are going to pack Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. With blue. With blue. So Absolutely. If, if anyone's wearing Michigan Panthers, you're automatically not allowed in. Well, forbidden. You know that there's going to be a lot there. <laughs> oh, there will be. But, Definitely. Hey. But I'm I'm just excited as you are, and I hope that other people are just as, as excited as we are because I've been wanting spring football for a while, and I've always wanted something to happen in Canton, and even if we don't have a team, I am just so excited to be down there in the summertime 
watching whatever team's playing, hopefully our breakers, but whoever's playing, I'm definitely going to be down there. And uh, hopefully here at WZIP, I cannot promise anything, but hopefully we will be bringing you guys coverage of it. Um, so we will definitely update you guys on that. Uh, so thank you for tuning in to this episode of SBT Overtime. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports and tune in to Sports Power Talk every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 88.1, also available on the Radio FX app. If you missed the latest Sports Power Talk, you can catch it on the SBT Rewind podcast. So please subscribe to that in addition to SBT Overtime. Uh, this has been Dan Groen. Patrick Weber. And thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. So, so long, everyone, and go Breakers. Go Breakers.